Welcome back, everybody, to the Greenhouse Podcast. And this podcast is just a place to help people live fully, live into their potential, and really gain clarity. So we're talking today about something that is becoming more and more relevant for a lot of people. I've invited uh, team member Sundy Marquardt onto the podcast again. So hey, Sundy. Hey there, Steve. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we are recording over Zoom from our home offices. Yes, we are. (laughs) We are in quarantine, but we had a fun moment the other day. It was Sunday's daughter's birthday and they had a drive-by happy birthday. So it was so uh, much fun. Thanks for coming. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. A bunch of us drove by with signs hanging out the window saying happy birthday Mm -hmm. and just trying to make the best of all this. So we're here with you all and, you know, I hope you're doing okay. Today, like I said, we want to talk about a really relevant topic around Mm -hmm. job search. Mm -hmm. And here's why. Because more and more people are getting laid off or furloughed. Businesses Mm -hmm. are on standstill or shutting down. And there's Mm -hmm. just, I think, a real need to talk about this. We'll get into this in a minute, the points we want to make. But it's a time when it might not be super easy to just turn around and find another job. And so Mm -hmm. how can we use this time and how can we not just kind of quote unquote, be productive, but really move forward in a positive direction with a very realistic understanding of where we're at right now and the true challenges that truly are in front of us. So today we're just going to dive into that topic and share a few points around this. If you haven't met Sunday yet, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a little bit about her on our website, but she has spent many years coaching people in this exact kind of place in their career. So I'm very excited to have you on for this topic and talk about not just some tips or tricks, but I think true wisdom from experience and from seeing people go through this so Mm -hmm. many times. Yeah, thanks so much. It's actually funny because you, you know, I didn't, I didn't tell you at all, but to mention my daughter's birthday at all, you just kind of were naturally saying that. And as you were saying that, I actually had this clicking moment in my head. I was thinking about how we have to reinvent ourselves right now. You know, I had to reinvent that birthday party. It was like, it doesn't mean the birthday goes away, right? Or that a party goes away. We had to reinvent the way that we feel special and the way that we celebrate. So I just felt like that was actually a perfect lead in to actually job search mode because we can't do things exactly how we did things before because we are in a different time. So two thoughts there come to my mind there, which is one, if you own your own business to be really thinking, maybe I can't, it's not dead. It's not dead, but maybe I need to take it and spin it a different direction. I need to figure out how to reinvent myself when we come out of this or during this time, just like we've had to, just like we've had to, right? So that was just a, that was just an interesting connection that I made just in the moment with you when you said that. Yeah, that's a good point. It is true. And you see a lot of people getting creative with new solutions like Mm -hmm. you did for the birthday. And I think that is a good tee up because we're talking both about people in a job search mode or needing to reskill or kind of mm-hmm. redirect job wise, mm-hmm. but also businesses in a similar situation. I think you're right. It is a very similar kind of mindset for both scenarios. Yeah. So yeah, yeah just know everyone listening that we are coming from this, <laughs> from this kind of place of understanding and being mm-hmm. in this ourselves, you know, we're having to reorient and reinvent almost daily, I'd say right now. Every yeah, every day, there's some element of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're kind of learning as we go. We just wanted to share from previous experience, but also from current experience, what we're learning in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I, and I also just wanted to say I'm super sensitive to the fact that not everyone is in job search mode. Sometimes we're just in stay alive and be healthy mode. And we're thinking of all those families as well. But we also have a lot of people who are in just waiting and hibernating mode. And so who are feeling a little nervous about what life looks like after this. So it's interesting. This is actually my specialty. So I actually coach people who are often in a crisis mode. It's actually one of my high level clients that come to me. It's like a very popular topic. They come because either they've been furloughed, maybe not even during this crisis, but something in their job has gone away. And now they're like, oh my gosh, I've been at this company forever. Now I have to figure out what to do next. But I also coach people who are in a mode of, I love my job, but I just want to be thinking proactively. So I would really like to combine those two mindsets today and just highlight this. Even when we are outside of this situation, People procrastinate all the time on preparing their tools. So when people come to me and their job has been eliminated, a lot of them are like very nervous because now all of a sudden they need to get all of their tools and we'll talk about those tools ready to go. And they wish so badly they had worked on those tools beforehand, right? So this is actually right. not very abnormal from the normal kind of, oh my gosh, I don't know what's coming next to prepare our tools. So that's actually something that's very similar. Very similar uh -huh. there. So we don't want to wait. So what my number one tip, and we have five things that I would love for you to focus on, but in just mindset wise, to not wait, because this is what happens in job search mode. People tell me all the time that they look on something like Indeed, right? They click, 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 click. Oh my gosh, that's the perfect, that's me. It's the job for me. Then what happens is, is sometimes they don't apply because they don't have the things ready to click apply. And they're so frustrated or they're scrambling and not getting any sleep and nothing is done really well because they need a resume, they need a cover letter. They, they haven't done any networking at all. Yeah. <laughs> They've been touched on their interviewing skills. They don't know how to talk about themselves. It's like, so what happens is, is we're super excited in the moment and then we actually talk ourselves out of applying. <sighs> it happens all the time. Yeah, and I can understand just like a lot of us are experienced with our normal work right now, it can feel overwhelming, right? If you're somebody mm -hmm. who suddenly finds yourself in that situation and there's a whole litany of things you feel like you need to do mm -hmm. to catch up, well, that feels overwhelming and so you don't even start. And so I think people can often benefit from just breaking it down into small pieces, yes. especially if you've got a crazy situation right now at home of trying to manage all kinds of different things. Maybe you mm -hmm. just take, break it down into small pieces and take one step, right? <laughs> like today, Absolutely. do one small step. You don't have to yeah. do it all at once. And as we talk about all the time at Greenhouse, sometimes if you create an actual list, mm -hmm. however you do checklists or task lists, if you create a list of those small things, then you kind of get the mental benefit, literal like dopamine hit from checking a thing off, mm -hmm. checking a thing off checking another thing off. <laughs> mm -hmm. It feels so good. That's funny. I, it actually made me think of this particular director that I was coaching one time at Capital One, who if he's listening to this podcast, will probably know exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> he had worked at Capital One for 25 years and never once taken the time to really do a resume because all of his opportunities came by networking. It was just like, oh, this one, oh, now I'm moving into this, moving into this. So when it came time for him to actually leave the company, not necessarily because he wanted to, he was completely overwhelmed by thinking about 25 years of experience and putting it onto a piece of paper. 
So he kept coming to me week after week after week and be like, I didn't do it again. I didn't do it again, even though I would try to break it down. So this is what actually worked for him. What actually worked for him is that we came up with every Tuesday for the first hour of the day, for one hour, he was going to work on his resume. Whatever he accomplished in that one hour, call it a day, success, wait till next Tuesday. Now, if he got some momentum and wanted to keep going, no problem. But to take the pressure off of yourself one hour, and sure enough, he did it. He got it done, but he couldn't tackle it because it felt so overwhelming to his mind. So great point, Steve. All right. So step one is don't procrastinate. Don't wait. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Don't wait till this whole crisis is over. Take the time to get your tools in a beautiful positioning statement. I just want to call out that I think the theme of everything we're going to talk about here is in that vein of take advantage of this time to prepare Mm -hmm. so that when we come out of the crisis, when things start to change or get back to normal, Mm -hmm. you're you're in a better position and you're ready to hit the ground running versus waiting and then trying to play catch up once that point hits. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, which is what a lot of people do when they're in crisis mode, right? So better to be in the proactive bucket instead of the crisis mode, scratching for the surface mode, right? So I'm going to jump in if that's all right with you. I have five things that I'd love for you to spend the time on getting really good at. Now, remember that we're also coaches at Greenhouse. So if you get stuck on any of these things, feel free to reach out to us at Greenhouse for some coaching and we'll have some resources for you on our on our membership site that I'll let Steve talk about. So here's the most non-fun one. Ready? So I'm done. <laughs> it's, it's get your resume up to speed and nobody likes it. I hate it and I write resumes for people. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. It's just so frustrating to, and it takes a lot of brain work. So I'm not going to go into all of the, the things that you need to do, but I will tell you that you should be Googling what is trending in resumes right now because they change. Like years ago, it was objective, which by the way, always used to throw me. I'd be like, uh, the objective is that I want to get the job I'm applying for. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I never liked that line, but that's gone, right? And so a really popular trend right now, there's definitely not longer than two pages, especially if you've been in the workplace for even if you're really high level, you got to get it down to two pages. If you're newer into the workforce, it's more like one page, more of our students than out of college, right? And also, I think one of the biggest things that people miss is that opportunity in that summary section to really tell them about themselves. Because sometimes our job experience doesn't speak to what it is that we're trying to move towards, right? And so we have to say, I'm like a process improvement guru. There's nothing in my mind that I don't think about improving. Tell me as the recruiter what kind of a person you are in that summary. Exactly. And for somebody who is switching directions or trying to shift their focus, even more so, right? Because people will look at your past experience and assume Mm -hmm. the first assumption is always that you want to do more of the same or that you're only qualified to do more of the same. If somebody is making a shift in direction or focus, then even more so calling that out in the description in the summary is great. Yeah, that's actually a really popular topic of discussion that people come to coaching for. They're like, how do I spin myself? So I want to also say this is one of the hardest ones to do. The first part of the resume, writing your summary is hard. Other than that, you just need to research things like, what do I do with a gap? Can I fill it with volunteering? Am I going to do a chronological resume? You can do those, right? And that's actually the most popular one. Or am I going to do a functional one, which you can find these all things out online as well. So my point is, figure it out. 
There's a really good one, by the way, that you can buy template-wise on Etsy. I know you're thinking, what? Isn't Etsy the place for arts and crafts? (laughs) They have beautiful resume templates for very, very inexpensive for you to check out. Okay, great. Okay. So the first thing is around getting your resume ready. Yes. And whatever research you need to do uh, to do that. Yeah, the second one is going to be the thing that supports your resume, which is LinkedIn. It is hot. 95% of recruiters use LinkedIn to find people and also to compare you to the resume that you have sent. So if you don't have a LinkedIn and they loved your resume, sometimes you can just that one little step can make you get overlooked because they're like, okay, didn't take the time to do a LinkedIn. Because what it is, is it's like a checkbox for recruiters. It also shows your current and trending, right? That you know how to use the social media world. And uh, I always tell people who are anti-social media people, they're like, I hate Facebook. I hate Twitter. I hate, I'm like, okay, continue to be a hater, but don't hate LinkedIn. (laughs) Because that's actually your professional one. That one is a thing to not hate, to get good at it. I guess if I was to just throw out two tips on LinkedIn, there's tons of resources out there. First of all, just get one, right? Number two, (laughs) have a fantastic Headline. Do not write your job title as your headline. Customer service at boom, 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 Chase Bank, whatever. That is not what your headline is meant for. That is your branding statement. That is your buckets. It's like the buckets in which you are. So if you are HR, you're going to say HR. You're going to say culturist. You're going to say whatever, payroll, whatever. You're going to give me as many buckets as you can that make my search with a word find you. That's what, that's what I'm wanting to do. Okay. And then a lot of people don't put a good headshot in, have a great headshot that shows your eyes, that shows a little bit of your personality, take the time to do a good one and have a background picture behind you. A lot of people think that the one that they created is the one you're supposed to keep. No, no, no. That's like a template that says, hey, fill it in. (laughs) Yeah. So fill it in and put something back there that is representative of your brand. So for me, I have a light bulb. So all the light bulbs are off and I have one light bulb on. And in my summary statement, I talk about how I help people find their light bulb moment. You know, it's like I'm trying to connect the picture with my words. That's really good. I would really emphasize the headshot piece because I can't tell you as a business owner how many people hit me up on LinkedIn every day. Mm-hmm. And whether it's just a, an invite to connect or a message I respond to everybody except when they don't have a picture. When they don't have a picture. The first assumption for many of us is that's not legitimate. I can't trust this person Mm -hmm. and decline or ignore. And so I think the same thing happens in job search, but maybe even heightened. Like as a recruiter, I get a resume. I have a whole stack of resumes and there's no human behind it. So going to LinkedIn is my chance to see that, hey, you are a normal functioning human being. <laughs> oh yeah, you you are a person, not yeah. a bot. You know, all of these yeah. questions of distrust get filled in just by seeing a picture. So even if you don't have a great professional headshot, still do something. Mm-hmm. You can get in a well-lit area, iPhones or, you know, any kind of cell phone right now takes high quality pictures and at least get something. <laughs> I love that. Thanks for highlighting that. You're right. Because it's funny, the motivation, I've talked to people and they're like, "Oh no, no, I don't have a picture." It's funny what we see versus what they are experiencing. So I, as a recruiter, I'm thinking, oh, it's not a real person. You're fake. You're not real. The person is thinking things like, I want to remain private, or I don't like taking my picture. I don't like how I look. So by avoiding that, they're actually sending the wrong message, even though their motivations aren't to be, you know, what you said. (laughs) 
So exactly. I have that conversation a lot. And by the way, a little tip out there is no sunglasses or seatbelts. So those should not <laughs> be in a LinkedIn profile. No sunglasses or seatbelts, that's what I say. <laughs> All right. So we've got resume and LinkedIn. You got it. What's the next thing? Okay. Number three is actually the most important and also the more fun one. So maybe I, I like it because of that. So it is networking. And you're like, how and why? So let me tell you what I mean by networking in this time period. First of all, you should be doing research on companies that you think, A, might be booming now as a result of what's going on in the world. Be very creative. Talk to people. Brainstorm with other business owners or other businesses and ask, what are their needs? You want to be a problem solver to what is going on right now. Get out there. Start asking good questions. Research companies that might be booming once the crisis is over. I don't have all the answers for you in that area. I just know you need, you need to be thinking with that lens. Be thinking to yourself. And when you're listening to people and you are virtually networking, because that's what we're doing right now. And so people who have heard my other podcast before would know that sometimes I call it a virtual cup of coffee. 20 minutes is your magic number. Get out there and take time on your calendar to talk to people on LinkedIn who work for companies of interest or job buckets that you might be interested in. And in that conversation, be a solution to their problem. Be a great listener and be a solution to their problem. That's actually the number one skill that I would be using during this time. Any thoughts, Steve? So many, of course. <laughs> and I would say, if this is a topic you want to dive more into, if you look back to our episode on February 19th, we talked more in depth about informational interviews specifically, but it covers a lot of this ground. Yeah, I would just highlight the part about finding the companies that are actually doing well or growing right now in crisis. So if you're listening to this, it's still during quarantine and coronavirus. There are a number of companies who are actually doing really well as a result of this yep. because the problems presenting themselves need those companies' solutions. And we are working with a few of them and we know some ourselves. Not everyone is laying off and cutting down and struggling right now. Some are hiring. For example, a lot of grocery stores at the moment are hiring mm -hmm. people to help stock the shelves mm -hmm. and they need more help with that. And a lot of financial related companies need help right now and are hiring. And the list goes on and on. So I think that's a great call out you mm -hmm. made to research who those are because you never know. There might be opportunities mm -hmm. kind of right around the corner right now. Yeah. I would like to just clarify if you're thinking to yourself, how do I research that? What I mean by that is talking to people who are in those industries. That's really the research I'm talking about. It's conversations. It's not like there's some magic Google button that says these are companies that you should, you know, be a part of. Although there is probably some, there are some articles out there as well that will highlight industries that are thriving, but have conversations. Yeah. yeah. And we covered this in the February 19 episode, but you know, some of you listening are natural connectors and it's really easy for you to reach out, start a conversation. Mm -hmm asked to talk to someone. Some people, this terrifies you. <laughs> when Sunday just said that, you had a chill go down your like, stomach. I cannot talk to people. What? <laughs> yeah. And this is why we're such nerds about personality types because it, you know, two people can have completely different experiences with the same thing. And uh, what I would say to that is just know that this is a fact. Mm -hmm. Most people would love to help you out. Yeah. Most people would love to talk to you or connect you with somebody and especially during a hard time, everyone's looking for how to help or many, many people are looking for how to help mm -hmm. and don't know how because they're stuck in their house and <laughs> they're struggling too. So yeah. people would love to help you out in a small way like that. And whether that's a conversation about their the company they work at or connecting you with somebody who works at a company, 
just know that it's true that you might feel like you're asking a lot. You might feel awkward asking, Mm -hmm. but most people on the receiving end love that question. And the way I always frame it for people is, okay, Sunday, you feel awkward about asking that, but think if I came to you and asked, if a friend came and asked you for help, how would you feel? Well, chances are you would probably feel great about it. And so that's just kind of a a mental trick if you're struggling with that. Yes. Thank you for calling that out. I coach many people through pushing themselves through how do I even initiate the conversation and how do I have it, which again, I would refer you back to that podcast. We really covered that, but it is a big fear for people, barriers, rejection, all kinds of things, but it's huge. Okay. So we have resume, LinkedIn, networking, which is mm-hmm. the primary, most important point. Yeah. What's number four? Okay. So four and five. So four is just, I'm just touching on it because we'll be talking about this in a deeper dive, either on a future podcast or on our membership site. So it's really just research how to answer the question, tell me about yourself. And I'm just saying that because when you network and when you interview and when you anything, people in this world ask you, tell me about yourself. And it is your opportunity to shine. And most people botch it up. They don't know where to begin. They don't know what to say. They put their foot in their mouth. And they start talking. I don't know. They go all over the place. People get nervous. And then they, they or they over talk or they say like two words. It's like an opposite response, right? So just let me yeah. clarify that what they're asking in those settings when they say, tell me about yourself, it, it's so vague and that's why it freaks people out. But what they're really trying to say is, tell me about yourself relative to the conversation we're having relative to this company or relative to yourself professionally. So you're trying to stay very focused and specific on that. And that's what you're doing. So it's kind of like, well, I, I think you made a good distinction there because for some people like myself included, I'm very relational. Yeah. So when someone asks me, tell me about yourself, my knee jerk reaction (laughs) is to tell my life story. (laughs) Like, like this, this recruiter, this informational interview does not need my life story. And The thing is, if that person is interested in more of your personal background, they will ask Mm -hmm. or you'll pick up on that. Mm -hmm. But I think that was a good nuance you called out that the answer to the question is relative to your professional goals in this conversation. And, you know, maybe one easy hack is to think about the what and the why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are you seeking to do Mm -hmm. and why? Mm -hmm. And if you kind of answer that, you're going to give them a good solid answer and be noticing if they're asking for more or mm-hmm. trying to dig deeper. Because mm-hmm. you're actually trying to figure out the where, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. And the how. Yeah. And the how. <laughs> so how do I get money? <laughs> That's right. How can I get more of your money into my pocket? Yeah, it's so ASAP. true. Without ever asking, hey, I need a job. Right? Because that's never what we do. <laughs> We're just being curious individuals. Right. So tell, tell me about yourself. Tell me about yourself. Just uh, I need a job. Out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just need a job. Click. Right. Yeah. So in that, I just want to highlight that sometimes what they're looking for are buckets, like what you do. So for myself, it would be I'm a communications and a career consultant, as well as a people manager and as well as a speaker. Right. So it's like those are kind of my buckets. Sometimes they're looking for you to break it down into what industries have you been in. It's like if you could just picture they have no idea who you are. And in, in a brief moment, they're just trying to get a snapshot of you professionally. That's kind of what, what they're looking for. And we'll talk about that in another episode or more because it's a lot that goes into that. I coach people on a whole session just on how to get that out. And you know what? It's a fear because people don't like talking about themselves. I was actually just talking to my son. I have a son who's a Marine right now. And why did he mention it? Something he said, Oh, I don't like talking about myself. I'm like, welcome to the world. 
Like I coach so many people who say, I don't like to, oh, I don't like to interview because I don't like to talk about myself. I'm like, but how are they, they going to get to know you? <laughs> exactly. And as a fellow sufferer of that same problem, it took me a lot of years and I'm still actively working on it all the time. But I realized that if I'm a person who is afraid to talk about myself or put too much focus on myself, the thing I am at least risk of is talking too much about myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if right. you're someone with that mindset, just know that you, you're you more at risk of not talking enough about yourself mm-hmm. than you are too much. Yeah. And, and it is a turnoff for a recruiter or a hiring manager to talk to someone who's constantly deflecting your questions. Mm-hmm. In some areas of the country and of the world, that can be a cultural thing too. Right. It's not polite to have the focus be on you. So they'll deflect mm-hmm. any question about themselves and just maybe give some thought to if you do that, or you could even ask someone close to you if you, if you do that, they probably know. And just to be aware. Yeah, that's a great call out, which actually is a great lead into the next one. The last point, this is the hardest for people sometimes because they think, how can I practice interviewing? So my tip is be interview ready. I don't have an interview. <laughs> well, first of all, when you start applying, even if you don't necessarily think it is perfect, perfect, I like apply, get comfortable interviewing. If it's around and you're not sure, get comfortable interviewing. The worst thing that happens is you don't get the job offer, but you learn to get better at the interview. Some other ways to go about it are to research good questions, to be asked and to ask, to research the difference between fit interviewing and behavioral interviewing. There's a very big difference there. And maybe even schedule a mock interview with a friend or a colleague or someone you've worked with in the past so that you can kind of get the words out of your mouth. Because believe it or not, when we role play interviewing, we do a better job in the real world. If we wait for the first time for it to like shoot out of our mouth when it's the big interview, Sometimes we just didn't have some practice to get fluid with our words. So get interview ready is really my tip for that one. Even though number three networking was the most important one, this is my favorite one because I have worked with people. I know you have too, Sunday, even just in their personal lives when they're getting ready for maybe a difficult conversation or a weighty conversation is practicing for that, mm-hmm. rehearsing. Mm-hmm. And it sounds almost silly, but I have done it myself. It is game changing. When you just kind of practice for a conversation, you do it. It just—I mm-hmm. I don't even want to try to put words to it. it makes mm-hmm. a world of difference, and exactly. so it's the very same thing in an interview, mm-hmm. and and even more so because you are trying to communicate certain things mm-hmm. and do your best. Mm-hmm. You know, we wouldn't expect ourselves to go to a championship sports game without practicing. We wouldn't expect to get on stage mm-hmm. and sing a song without practicing. So. Right. Why would we expect to have a killer conversation without practicing? Mm -hmm. It's a great point. I actually am such a firm believer in the professional role-playing component of the world because I actually started my career as a public speaker. And, oh, man, when I was first trained, I had the best trainer ever. He role-played with me for, I think, six or seven weeks. And he would come into the room as a different personality type every time. And I never knew what he was going to be. And sometimes I'd, I actually would feel frustrated and be like, come on, dude, there's nobody as obnoxious <laughs> as that, right? And I'd actually feel that way. But guess what happened? When I actually went into the real world and started training in the medical industry, doctors on public speaking, I felt like there was no scenario that didn't seem crazy to me. I was prepared for it all. And I remember being like, thank you so much for making me talk through those difficult scenarios so that nothing surprised me. That is a really great mentor and trainer right there. Oh, he was the best. (laughs) He was the best. 
He really was. So just a quick recap. What we hit on here were five things to use this time in crisis. And for anyone who's in a job search or a redirect, trying to find a new path, needing to reskill, any of those scenarios, to not just sit around and wait, but to use this time to get ready Mm -hmm. for when you need to be ready. Mm -hmm. So the five things are get your resume in order, get your LinkedIn in order, network with people, have conversations, be ready for the question, tell me about yourself, mm-hmm. and do some interview practice. Love it. And those five things will get you ready so that you're confident mm-hmm. when the time presents itself, but also so you're kind of ahead of the pack when opportunities start to rise or when things start to get back to normal. So we talked about you might need to be in a waiting period here, and there might be some downtime, mm-hmm. but you can also research what companies are are growing and booming as a result of mm-hmm. the crisis right now. And you might be able to find great opportunities, even when it seems like there's nothing yeah. around right now. Yep. Well said. <laughs> well said. The only thing I might throw in there, Steve, is to just remind people that in this downtime, it might be a great time to maybe get some certifications too. So if you're needing to rebrand yourself, certifications are really hot. They can be done in your home. I have a son who right now is doing his EMT certification. Talk about a hot spot. He feels like it's a good time to maybe enter into that. And he's doing it from home right now. So there's a lot of things to take advantage of. So I just came to my mind when you said rescaling. But thank you for summing that up. And, you know, try to wake up with small goals each week and try to reach some of these. And, you know, you'll get there. You'll get there. And I thank you for being a great listener. And thank you, Steve, for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Anyone who knows somebody who maybe got laid off or furloughed or is in this sticky situation right now, Mm -hmm. please share this with them. Mm -hmm. It's just a good free resource based on decades of experience helping people. And um, we'd just love for you to share it with them as a way to help. And if you are more in the entrepreneur or business owner bucket, Mm -hmm. like we said toward the beginning, just think of this as a time to really reflect and reinvent yourself. Mm -hmm. This is something we're actively doing every day at Greenhouse, talk to some friends who are doing it. But you know, the people who will come out strong from all this have maybe done some tweaks or some uh, adjustments and reinvented themselves. And I think, you know, one of the best things you can do with that is just to spend some time being reflective. And even just humbly ask, just ask people what they need right now, how you can be helpful. Don't assume you need to come up with some grand plan and put it out there. Just ask. And if you're a business like us as clients, you know, one of the things we're doing is honestly just asking people what they need right now Mm -hmm. so we can actually solve real problems and not try to cause more (laughs) headache for people (laughs) than they already have. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) Well, Sunday, thanks for coming on for this topic. And like we said, if, if you want to hear more about the informational interviews, go back to our February 19 episode on that. You bet. Thank you so much for having me. So right now you might be resonating with this. You might be feeling stuck. You might be wondering what's next. You might be trying to grow and getting frustrated or overwhelmed. And so this is an offer really for you to get beyond that, get over that hump, start moving in a better direction. And you know, it's not just about you and your progress, although that's great, but think about all the impact that you can have on others when you're at your best and when you're really living and working in the center of your purpose. That's that's ultimately what this is about. And that'll make possible for them 
the ability to do the same in their life. And so I think about all the people who have been through the greenhouse method and how they're helping so many more people now. They're having more fulfillment in the everyday, but they're also just confident knowing where to focus their time and seeing better results through that focus of their time. And so this is one small step you can take because if you're feeling stuck right now, I wouldn't want you a year from now looking back and still feeling stuck, still feeling like you're in the same place or or wasting your gifts and abilities. And so what we've done here is created a very affordable option that works for you. It's a digital option, so it works in this time right now. And this will start to become available to you on April 16th. So if this resonates with you or sounds like something that you need to do for yourself, if you just are listening to this and you know deep down you need to invest in yourself so you can be at your best, then all you have to do is go to greenhouseculture.co slash membership. There's more information there. You can also sign up to get the updates to be the first to hear about it. And I would love to interact with you within the greenhouse method.